This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Like in America, we're like, okay, we're doing inches. We're doing the, like, what do they call that? Standard? The What do they call it? Is it metric? Imperial. Yeah. yeah. We're doing imperial. Like, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then people, some people are like, listen... We're going to confuse the shit out of people with this. <laughs> like, can we do like half yeah. <laughs> Imperial, like half metric? Can we, can we do a mix and match? We're all going to use it when it's convenient, but also yeah. we're going <laughs> to make sure that we don't use it whenever we can. Just like the meme that I know we've all seen. Yeah. A, a sinkhole opened up the size of six washing machines. Yeah. It's like freaking Americans will use anything yeah. for units of measurement to yeah. avoid... Four forearms. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like a desk of cheese, please. Yeah. America's Diesel Podcast. Brought to you by Diesel Power Products. America's Diesel Superstore. No salesmen, just enthusiasts. Dieselpowerproducts.com. Your number one source for all things diesel. So I got, uh, I got stopped in my, uh, I was walking to my mailbox. And like so, our neighborhood has a like one of those like shared like mailbox like distribution sure. center mm-hmm. things, and it's right in front of my house. Like, well, it's off to the if you're at my front door, it's off to the right hand side. It's kind of in between my house and the neighbor's house. So I'm walking over there because Cass has got a package in the mailbox, and uh, this lady, which I've 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 never talked to her. She's like a couple houses down, um, <laughs> and. Uh, I'm walking up to the mailbox and she, she drive, she's kind of driving away because she always comes home and checks her mail and then turns around and goes back to her house. And uh, I'm walking and she's like, she pulls up, rolls her window down, and she looks at my truck on the rack. She's like, "Oh, well, me and my husband are wondering how you how you get that thing up there. Looks pretty freaky." <laughs> I just, I, I'm now getting to the point where it's like, guys. It's not that bad. Like, come on now. Like, even people with side-by-sides are just, like, sketched out about it. But it's like, 
dude, do you guys like put it in four wheel drive and like go off roading? Because I try to go up like steeper hills than like my ramps. Like, yeah, she up there. It's up there. When I see it, I yeah, mean, but like, it's a straight shot and it's flat and it's just like you can't screw. The only way you can screw up is if you just start turning the wheel, right? Like, I mean, in all honesty, and or if you have, um, um, if you have, uh, um, like you're you're touchy on the throttle, like you're 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 you know you're wah, 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 wah. like that's the only times. See, yeah, it's not bad. It really isn't. I mean. I will admit, a hundred percent, first time, scary as shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I have a brand new machine that I really haven't drove. The only person to drive it up there was Cooper. And so yeah, I was a little sketched out. But honestly, after like the third time, it's like I, I literally try to find stuff to like rock crawl on and like go wheeling on. That's like way sketchier. Mm-hmm. So it's like. People listen to you calm down a little bit, you know? <laughs> calm down. <laughs> calm down. Everywhere I go, though, dude, everywhere I go, someone asks me about it. How do you get that up there? It's like, oh, I lift it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? How do you think I get it up there? I freaking drive it up there on some ramps, bro. I got a buddy who has a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. We hel- he we, yeah, he, drop it on top. Yeah. I got a guy. Yeah. Got a guy <laughs> Air drop <raining>. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's fun. It's it's funny. I I enjoyed it for a little while, but now I'm getting to the point where it's just like, how do I get it up there? How do I get it? How do you think I get it up there? Yeah. You want to try? <laughs> you want to like, ride with me? You want to ride? Like, up? Oh, oh, if I could just tell, like those are people that either don't ride or if they do ride, they're not going off road. Like it's so funny. I I try to find like when we're riding. There's me and one other guy. His name's Will, which is my wife's like best friend. Is his wife, mm-hmm. and. uh and we get along great, and we're we're like on the same page when it comes to like side by side riding and like mm-hmm. wheeling, because we're the like the only two that will like oh that looks like fun like let's go climb that, mm-hmm. and everybody else is just like because you, know, you when you're riding there's like a lot of stops where we'll stop at like a big open area and like have a couple drinks or whatever and hang out and listen to music yeah, yeah. blah blah blah, whereas me and Will are like eyeballing like oh let's go up that let's you know and. <laughs> It's funny because like we'll pull up to a spot and like Will will already see it, and Cass is like getting out. She's like, I look over at her and she looks at me. She's like, Go ahead, (laughs) yes, yes, go play. (laughs) Yeah, like thank God this is awesome. (laughs) So, this week's podcast episode is brought to you by Fuel Bomb Diesel Additive, an additive designed for diesel enthusiasts, made by diesel enthusiasts. Ben, take it away. Hell yeah, dude. So this is our in-house fuel bomb fuel additive for your diesel truck. Uh, Our biggest thing here is making sure that you can pretty much always have uh, diesel additive on you all the time. The you've got a lot of other additives out on the market that are they have you know anti gel in there all the time they have C10 in there all the time they end up being big and bulky bottles. Uh, our uh, standard everyday diesel fuel additive is one ounce per 32 gallons and that's its main job is to make sure that your fuel system stays lubricated and prevents the formation of algae and it should also help you in colder climates too. Should definitely help you in colder climates it, along with cleaning your fuel system and maintaining it. It'll also help you bump that cetane number up for a more efficient burn of your diesel fuel. And if cetane is just what you're after, there's the Fuel Bomb Hellfire, which is our straight 8-plus cetane enhancer. 
Yeah, and you guys asked, and we brought them back. Uh, we did go away from the bottles that didn't have the measuring little parts in there. We brought them back for you, so now you can measure out your one ounce per 32 gallons for the F-bomb or four ounces per 32 gallons for the Hellfire. Both these additives are available on our website, dieselpowerproducts.com. Now let's get back to that episode. All right, let's get this show on the road. Thank you for tuning in. This is Ben and Todd from America's Diesel Podcast, coming at you from Spokane, Washington. The beautiful, the weather here is just, um, it's awesome. Yeah. Fall is in full swing. Seasons it's are not changing. not hotter than the face of the sun anymore. Yeah. There's not, we're not surrounded with forest fires. Yeah, I went out uh, this morning. Uh, today is the 29th, September 29th. This is the first morning I've gone out, and uh, the windshield on the excursion was, like, not crystal clear. Yeah. It wasn't frosty by any means, but there was, like, you could tell. It got cold last night. It got wow. a little wet. Yeah, yep. there's nothing better than those cold nights and a big-ass campfire. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. this is our favorite camping season, part of the camping season, because, I mean, obviously, like, we start camping and, like, freaking whenever the snow gets low enough for us mm. to, like, you know, bring the trailer in. Um, but yeah, this is, this is the best where you have just a giant hot fire. Like there's nothing better. There's yeah. nothing better. Yeah. I forgot where I left off. Yeah. We're doing some, we're doing yeah. an intro, I guess. We're doing an <laughs> intro, but yeah. Uh, thank you for tuning in. You can check us out on any place that you listen to podcasts at by searching America's Digital Podcast. That covers uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. Stitcher? What the yeah. hell is that? I don't know, but apparently people listen to podcasts on it. I don't know. Stitcher feed. That's a thing? Stitcher, I've heard, I heard other podcasts say, say Stitcher, so I'm saying it. Hmm. Boom. Take it. Um, you can also find us on YouTube and other social medias by searching America's Diesel Podcast. If you have a question on a certain episode, YouTube is a great place to leave that because obviously it leaves a question or a comment on that exact episode. I am answering those on the regular. Um, if you have a question that you want me or Tyler to answer on the podcast... Uh, we do welcome them. Like we, uh, we love it when we get good questions that have context from you guys that we can dissect and really get into. Um, YouTube is an okay place to leave them, uh, but honestly, emailing them is one of the best places to do it. Um, as long as you get it to us, we will try and find a way to answer it for you. Well, um, also, if you if you want to hear us talk about stuff, and, and I've always my my thing there is like diesel or truck related. <coughs> Here's the thing. We're going to be brutally honest with you right now. It's kind of hard to come up with topics all the time for uh, diesel stuff. I mean, everybody talks about sled poles and drag races and all that stuff. That's cool. We enjoy it. But we enjoy the things that you guys enjoy, which is kind of like the normal day-to-day kind of stuff. Yeah. And so there's probably going to be a lot more of these like kind of episodes that we're about to do now. This is actually part two of uh, the episode You know, well, before this one. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I, th- honestly, I enjoy I enjoy these episodes, and I mm-hmm. and I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that actually enjoy these episodes too, as right. in my brother and the run ra- one random guy that called. <laughs> so well, that shows you. Two, so if you want to be a big sample size of what influences our podcast, <coughs> just tell us. Yeah, because <laughs> we don't get a whole lot of feedback. But when we do get feedback, oh, that must be good. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we do... Oh, uh, we got to plug the website. Oh, yeah. You do yeah. that, and then I'll do the reviews, yeah. and we'll get into this episode. Um, if you are needing parts for your diesel truck, uh, me and Tyler are definitely happy to help you. We're trying to answer any questions we can for you. But yeah, it's one of those things where if you need something fast, um, we do have sales techs on the phone, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, Pacific Time. 
888-993-4373 is the number, or dieselpowerproducts.com. Uh, they will be able to get you taken care of a heck of a lot faster than if you try and reach out to me or Tyler directly, just because him and I are we're doing lots of other stuff besides just taking sales calls right now. In fact, at this point, neither of our primary job descriptions no. are taking sales calls. Not that we don't love you guys. We're just doing lots of other things inside the company. So if you do need to get a part for your truck ordered ASAP, emailing he or I is probably not the fastest way to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, shoot them a call, and they will get you taken care of. And reviews are something that really help our podcast and this project. Yeah. I still consider it a project. because it, Me too, yeah. If you say it's done, then it's done. Yeah, it's not done. If it's a project, it's always evolving. Absolutely. So we we accept only five-star reviews, if you didn't already know that. <laughs> you leave a review on any of those platforms that Ben Inch... <clears throat> Let me start over. Yeah. You can leave a review, a five-star review, on any of the platforms that Ben mentioned earlier. Screenshot that bad boy and send it to podcast at dieselpowerproducts.com. Make sure to include a picture of your truck and an address that we can send a sticker to. It looks just like the logo on our Grizzly Cups or our background. It's super awesome. You can be one of the exclusive few that has an awesome bald eagle with American flag glasses with some old-school headphones, just like the ones we're wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, on your truck. Right. Represent. Yeah. Do it. Send it. Last part of this intro, feedback. We love feedback. Um, obviously, we only accept five-star reviews. But <laughs> I had a customer get mad at us because I say that. You're bribing people with a sticker. It's like, it is. It's screw totally, you. It, it's totally against <laughs> was that, FCC or something. It like, it's totally against us. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. There's no rules here. All right. <laughs> We're in Spokane, Washington. We don't have rules. <laughs> no rules. We just have weather. And for the guy to actually reach out and say, like, you sh- like, I don't, I, like, what were you trying to gain? Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, I don't. We don't care. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Anchor. Here's, here's the thing. We've got all of our reviews are pretty much all five stars. So guess what, man? Joke's on you. We don't even get one-star reviews. (laughs) Great. Now everybody's going to troll us right now. Hey, I did it. I did it. We're like, damn it. Hey, guess what? That still helps us. (laughs) So, again, joke's on you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into this. Okay. All right. Where do we leave off at? Something about women losing their keys? Yeah, women losing their keys. We we finished that one, so we're gonna get back to where I actually. What does your shirt say? What is that? Misadventures of Max, Max and Mongo. Mongo. What is that? Is that like a cartoon? No, no. We'll, we'll do it later. Okay. okay, all right, all right. It's, it's kind of a cool sweatshirt. Is that yeah. a dead polar bear and the moose is coddling it? All right. Is he got a hard hat on? <laughs> no, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna get. Uh, Will we get distracted from towards the end? Hey, last what time. did the uh, polar bear say to the uh, other polar bear? Man, it's cold. Oh, God damn it! It's actually it's fucking cold, but yeah, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I've told that. That's like the only joke I know. <laughs> My favorite one is uh Excuse me. Uh, do you know how much a polar bear weighs? A what? Do you know how much a polar bear weighs? How much? Enough to break the ice. I'm back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Got him. <laughs> and in my pocket. All right, all right, all right. 
All right, so I, right. I did have a, uh, a breakthrough today. Ooh. Um, yeah, we're talking about offsets because I mentioned uh. it before, but like when I, an offset's like, you know, the guys with the negative 44 offset and whatnot. Um, and so what happened was I actually I heard um, Ash and Kyle talking about offsets. Yeah. And so I barged in and um, forced myself into their conversation. Yeah. Because as they were talking and I could hear them, I was like, I was following along using an offset calculator, thinking to myself, like, this can't be that hard. I know I've talked about offsets. I know I've talked about backspacing. I understand backspacing. I understand offsets, but there's always this one thing that's always pissed me off about offsets because I'm going to get into that right now. Okay. So uh, I would say for those of you guys that are that basically just know that you have 14 wides with you know negative 89,000 offset, blah, blah, blah. For a lot of us older folk, I'm not saying I'm old, but like I'm older than you if you've only done offsets, um, we all went off backspacing. And backspacing is calculated from you know using the, the mounting surface of the wheel. Mm-hmm. So like where your wheel contacts, say your brake rotor, your unit bearing, whatever, whatever the flat surfaces are by the studs, to the back of the lip on the wheel. So the flat surface where the, where the studs are, and if you were to put a big piece of wood across the wheel, that measurement is backspace. Right. Okay. Now, offset is that same mounting surface as far as positive or negative, and we'll worry about that which way it goes in a minute, but positive or negative moving in or out. Mm-hmm in reference to the width of the wheel. Right. So in my mind, I hear, okay, so backspacing, back of the wheel where it mounts to the back of the lip, that measurement. So let's say a nine-inch wide wheel Mm -hmm. with a a four-and-a-half-inch backspace, which is split down the middle, that's half. That means that that mounting surface is directly in the middle of the width of the wheel. Okay. We have a nine inch wide wheel. We have a four and a half inch backspace. So if you're following me with my equation here, that would mean that if you have a nine inch wide wheel, a zero millimeter offset would mean you have a four and a half inch backspace. But that's not true. Let me explain a little bit more here. Okay. So. <laughs> And I'm a little embarrassed that it took me this long to actually like dig this far deep into it. But no one actually says it. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else has actually said it. But I'm going to say it. Say it. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Freaking say it. Say it, man. And and if this clears it up for somebody else, I am extremely excited. Okay. Because I was excited (laughs) once I figured it out. And maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm obviously just spitting gobbledygook, and Jim Lawrence is going to correct me. And 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 and, and I happily, I, I fully like. Please correct me if I'm wrong here yeah. because I want to gain some knowledge on this so I can stop shooting in the dark. Right. Okay. So in my mind, if you're measuring in the millimeters as far as in or out, right? So a negative offset means in relation to the width of the wheel, the mounting surface is moved away from the body of the truck or body of the vehicle. Yes. So that would mean the bigger negative number. So... The bigger when you have a negative forty-four, that means you have a you know the wheel the width of the wheel is pushed out from the body. Right. 
if you have a negative 144, that means it's pushed out even more. Yeah. And, and that's measured in millimeters. So that would mean also, conversely, positive is sucked in towards the body of the, of mm-hmm. the vehicle. So Like a dually front. Exactly. Yes, exactly that. Good example. Yep. So that means the, the mounting surface of the wheel is uh, sucked in towards the body compared to the width of the wheel. I think you may have said it backwards out there. You're talking about, I thought you were talking about negative op- or positive offset. Yeah, okay. Say, so like a dually yeah. front would have yes, like yes, a, yes, yes. a higher positive offset because the the back of the flange or the wheel is pushed out to where you can that wheel sets yes. in because of the dually adapter. You yeah, okay, yes, you were absolutely correct. So a a, a a the front wheel of a dually is an extreme example of a really positive. really big positive offset. Yes. Cuz where where the wheel mounts, you know, where the where the rim or the wheel, the mounting surface where you put the lug nuts on is really 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 far out from the vehicle, yes. but the width of the tire or width of the wheel is sucked in. Yes. And it's all about the relation to the mounting surface and the width where the tire goes. Whereas a dually rear, the outer dually rear, will have a negative offset. Huge negative Huge offset. Huge negative offset. Okay, so <coughs> what I learned today, and if you've been following, if you're watching, there's no visual diagrams right now. This is all just, I'm going to try and explain it to you as best as I can. I think the dually thing is a yeah. good thing to kind of visualize because everybody knows a dually rear, the outer dually rear, mm-hmm. has got to have a huge negative offset because that mounting surface has to bolt to the other or sit with the other inner mm-hmm. dually wheel mm-hmm. uh, without touching. Right. And so it's pushed way negative, whereas the front is way positive. And it's an easy visualization as far as mm-hmm. you can you can see that. So, So the... What happens here is there are some measurements that up until today I was not aware of any sort of industry standards. So the measurement that throws everything off, if it's not a consistent, is the width of the wheel. Mm -hmm. Now, if I say I have a 10-inch wide wheel, you might think to yourself, well, if I were to, you know, basically put a big caliper... Or put two pieces of wood on the inside of the wheel and the outside of the wheel and measure the distance in between, that'd be 10 inches. Well, you'd be incorrect for the most part, but it's subject. Not everybody measures it the same because some people will measure it as far as the width of the wheel is the width where the beads sit on the wheel barrel itself, not the lips of the wheel. Not the outer lip, but where the actual bead of the tire sits in the wheel. Yes. And again, correct. Like, uh, chime in in the comments, okay, guys. This is like open forum right now. This is like my thought process today. And I don't know if there is actually truly an industry standard of measuring inside that mounting surface or not. But this is where I came to. This is where like the 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 where I found the discrepancy and what opened my eyes on this part. So now we're gonna start connecting the dots here, okay? So we're gonna keep using a nine inch wide wheel. So I thought you used that ten. I'm going to use a nine. Okay. I'm going to use a nine because that's what I was doing all my calculations <laughs> okay. on. I don't okay. know why nine, but I just went with nine. Um, so here's the thing, though. If you go to a an offset calculator on the website, and not on our website, but on any website, right. um, even if you just search, like, how to calculate offset, you can put in your, your normal man dimensions, which are backspacing. Yeah. And <laughs> it'll tell you what millimeter offset they are. So in my mind, 
if you have a nine inch wide wheel and a zero offset, that means that the mounting surface where the wheel is attached to like your hub, your brake disc, whatever, that's directly in the middle of the wheel. Mm -hmm. So that means you should be able to split the width of the wheel and that's your backspacing. So nine inch wide wheel, zero offset equals half of nine, four and a half inch backspace. Now, go ahead, pull up a calculator, do it real quick. <laughs> it's not, is it? It's not. It's five inches. It's five inches of backspace. <sighs> There's no way this is right. So I pull up another calculator. And I'm like, nine inch wide wheel, zero backspace. Zero sorry, offset. Zero offset. This one's going to say four and a half. I know where it is. Enter five. <laughs> like, no, it does not compute. Like, yeah. ah, we got it. And so I pick another one. I start doing like, okay, 10 inches. 10 inch wide wheel. Okay. Well, let's find out if there's a, maybe there's a standard that I'm not aware of. So then I do a 10 inch wide wheel. Thinking, like, okay, if, if my logic is correct, a 10 inch wide wheel, zero offset should be five inches because yeah. half of 10 is five. Backspacing, yeah. Yeah. So see, now I'm getting, I'm, all my nomenclature's getting all messed yeah. up, <laughs> getting all heated. And so a 10 inch wide wheel, Zero percent or zero. I got percentages. Part of it. Where are the percentages and fractions into this? Yeah. So ten inch wide wheel, zero millimeter offset. Yep. Five yep. inch backspace. Incorrect. No. It's five and a half. But we learned something. Okay. We learned something. Everything's a half inch off. Because of the bead of the, because it goes off of the center of where the tire is mounted, not the outside of the wheel. So. Then that would equate to the the industry standard for the thickness of a wheel lip is the actual is width of the tire. Yeah, so a it's a half, half inch, inch, which makes sense because you've got the lip and then this the, where the tire actually sits. Yes. So, so they when they do backspacing, they're more going off of. Huge shout out to Ispro for making badass gauges and sponsoring the podcast. Absolutely. We've been selling Ispro gauges, gosh, ever since I can remember. Um, Ispro for years has been giving consumers the ability to, to monitor their trucks accurately. Uh, whether you're looking for something with a little bit more racy of a look or something more factory match, Ispro's got you covered. One of the things I love about the kits that they sell is not only do they come in a bunch of different denominations, you can get, you know, zero to 40 or zero, whatever you're looking for with the color designation on there, but they come with the wiring too. Absolutely. Super easy to install. If you're looking for a set of analog type gauges today, check them out. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. And Ispro, you're the best. Absolutely. Well... I don't know where I'm going with that. No, no, I with got the you. width of the tire versus yes. the versus the actual outside diameter of the wheel. So I'm going to paint a picture for you guys. Follow it with me, okay? Let's say you've got your your wheel, okay? There's no tire on it, just the wheel. Yeah. And you have it face down on the floor. Okay. Okay, and you want to measure backspace. What you would do is you would get a piece of wood that's bigger than the diameter of the wheel. Right. So if you have a 15-inch wheel, you've got, you know... A, an 18-inch piece of wood, a flat edge or something like that. You put it across, and then you take a tape measure, and you rest it on the back side of where the lug nuts go, the mounting surface, and then you see where it hits on the tape measure. That's your backspace. 
okay? Because that that measurement, let's say it's a nine inch wide wheel, it's four and a half inches because where that surface is, where it's mounting to the outer or inner, I'm sorry, this this would be the innermost dimension of the wheel. They're not going off of where the tire lands on the wheel. They're going off of just where it stops. It doesn't care how big or how, how wide the tire, just where it stops. Okay. When you're measuring offset, they measure by where the tire lands on mm. the wheel. Okay. So if you have that piece of wood across the back side of your wheel, that's not where the tire lands. You're measuring the lip. Yeah. You're measuring where the, the wheel terminates. Yeah. You're not measuring where the tire Sits. rests inside the wheel. <clears throat> so the industry standard for a bead, or I'm not sorry, not <laughs> scratch that, scratch it, take it off. Okay. The industry standard for a lip on a wheel is a half inch. Half inch. Fight me on that. That's what I figured out today. And it blew my mind, and it finally made me feel a little bit better about offsets. I still refer to tires and ba- or wheels and backspacing. So spacing. is a 10-inch wide wheel, this is going to be a great conversation to have with DDC when we have mm-hmm. our conversation with DDC, but a 10-inch wide wheel, is that measured overall, or is that measured like bead to bead? And that is, from what I can tell... Because that would be a 10 and a half inch wide from lip to lip. There's no... As far as I can tell, and again, comment section, light me up. As far as I can tell, there is no industry standard as far as published widths of wheels of where you are measuring. Gotcha. So some people could say it's a 10 inch wide wheel, but they could be measuring lip to lip. Whereas other people may be measuring, like doing 10 inch wide from the where the tire actually sits. Mm-hmm. So it's actually 10 and a half inches wide instead of 10 <laughs> inches wide if you were to measure it lip to lip. That's correct. Um, now, a couple of caveats to that. I fully understand that when you custom order wheels, just like if you were to do dar- drive shafts or anything else in life, excuse me, whoever's making that is going to give you, like, I need to know these, these specs. Yeah. I'm almost positive that most custom wheel manufacturers, when they ask you, they, they may ask you for both. They may ask you, like, okay, you want us to build build you a wheel with your dimensions? Okay. Where do you want the tires to land? And how thick do you want the lips? I don't know. But the, from most of the videos I've watched today, when you custom order wheels, most of them are referring to where the tire sits on the barrel of the wheel, not including okay. the lips. That's how they calculate the width of the wheel. However, I do not think there is a a hardcore industry standard for that. Gotcha. And I think that's what screws everybody up. And I think that's what may keep a lot of guys like us referring to offsets. Yeah. Now, me personally, um, I don't want to like toot my own horn here, but like I, I've. I do well with spatial measurements and like moving things. In, like when I picture things, I think honestly, everybody in this room is probably the same way. When I picture things, when you're a mechanically inclined person, you're good with your hands, you're good at seeing things. Like I don't want to say it's like the uh, idiot savant type thing or like Rain Man, you see numbers start coming down. But like yeah. when someone talks about, you know, objects moving within each other around, I have a very good visual reputation of my head. Like, okay, this moves here. This moves here. This goes around. Okay, this is... 
that's going to hit. I can tell it's going to hit because we moved from here to here and it didn't hit before, but now we did because I know how much that was. That type of stuff. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, and chances are you're, you're that you're that as well. You're that same type of person. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but offsets always just messed me up. Yeah. And now they don't. Well, that's good. Now, I, I feel much better about that now, and I'm happy. Um, <laughs> that's about all I had for offsets. <laughs> but just, it, it was one of those, like, aha moments. Yeah. You know, well, and, that and, is that, that's good information to know, I mean, for sure. But it also is kind of... Uh, Something that would uh, could lead to screwing you up because depending on the wheel manufacturer and how they're doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like it could be right. And for me personally, as far as like trying to grasp the the shape of a wheel, the dimensions of a wheel, I think that whichever way you want to go with is fine, as long as you know what the standards are. As long as you know what measurement people are using. Yeah. So Pretty good. Okay. As long as you know what pe- what what measurements they're using, you're fine. Yeah. Where people get messed up is assuming that everybody uses the same type of measurements when they're right. making wheels and whatnot. Yeah. So if, if there was some sort of standardization, I think this would all go bye bye. No one would be worried about it. But if you're worried about really trying to grasp. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I still think, me personally, if you give me the the width of the wheel, like tip to tip, like I don't care about where the tire lands. Right. You give me tip to tip and you give me backspace, I can still calculate in my head where things are going. Yeah. Those two measurements, because you may be thinking to yourself, oh, no, well, now I don't know how far the wheel sticks well, out from the mounting surface. you calculate surface. offset with yes, those you two do. measurements. Because you can take... Yeah, Exactly. You yeah. calculate measurement from using the dimensions of backspace. Right. Because if it's... Why not just use backspace? Yeah, yeah. Uh. I, I, I think that they can all What, what bugs me is they've got a wheel that's like a 17-inch by 9, and then they throw in negative 12-millimeter offset. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Americans. What are we? What are we? Americans or Europeans? Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. We we, Can we like, keep it the same freaking measurement. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, it's a like mil- a millimeter is a little bit more accurate, obviously. Right. We we um, only use millimeters when we absolutely have to. I absolutely have to. When it only makes sense. It almost makes me wish that we were on the metric system. A l- a little bit more, like you know what I'm saying. Like when mm. they have to mix, like. Obviously, you know, like it's like I got a three hundred and thirty-five millimeter wheel. Like, what's that? <laughs> it's like, yeah. that would like, like obviously, like yeah, I got twenties. Like that sounds way better. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this though. Imagine if if offsets were in fractions of inches. Yeah, <laughs> I got a three sixteenths offset. Six and three sixteenths <laughs> offset. <laughs> At least it's on the same scale. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I, I see why they mix and match them. Yeah. But it's just like, kind of like, ah, ha, ha, ha. You go from inches to metrics to you weirdos. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that always reminds me it of It was that. like one of those things where it was like, a, like in America, we're like, okay, we're doing inches. We're doing the, like, what do they call that? Standard? The What do they call it? Imperial. Is it metric? Imperial. Yeah. yeah. We're doing imperial. 
Like that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then people, some people are like, listen, we're going to confuse the shit out of people with this. <laughs> like, can we do like half yeah. <laughs> Imperial, like half metric? Can we, can we do a mix and match? We're all going to use it when it's convenient, but also yeah. we're going <laughs> to make sure that we don't use it whenever we can. Just like the meme that I know we've all seen. Yeah. A, a sinkhole opened up the size of six washing machines. Yeah. It's like freaking Americans will use anything yeah. for units of measurement to yeah. avoid four forearms. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd like a desk of cheese, please. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, I think that's where America a little fell short on one of the, like, I do, yeah. like, obviously metric system is a little bit more accurate. Yes, I fully understand but, metric system, you know, rules of 10, it is much more easier to grasp. Absolutely. I get that. But guess what? We're Americans, and we like, we like things hard, all right? I like fractions. I like fractions, too. I love fractions. I think that uh, the way that... Um, as long as it's, like, half three quarter or a quarter once you start getting into these like three sixteenths and like seven eighths and all <laughs> like that's where you start losing me <laughs> so here's where i think that maybe well, i'm gonna toot america's horn here okay yeah so just like how they say you know a child growing up in a bilingual atmosphere uh okay hold on one second yeah speaking of children the whole months thing I'm 484 months. <laughs> oh, he's 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 18 months. It's like no, he's he, he's a year and, he's a, half. Year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a year and a half. Okay, why do you why why do you have to give me a math equation? <laughs> okay, to, the, I have to figure out in my head to figure out how old your child is. So my, th- you've actually nailed it right there. The among parents who yeah. also think that people talking about excessive months is stupid. The <laughs> most of them are at 18. Yeah. So so it's people in uh, or two years. Like people in high school that are like wondering um why they're doing like math is <laughs> because of those mothers out there that are going to tell you their kids 18 months old and you got to figure that out. <laughs> we always joked around that we we're going to say our, our our funds our son is he, he's four semesters. It's four semesters. Yeah, yeah. He's just two days. Yeah, he's he, a, he's a thirteen thousand days old. Yeah, it's like whoa. How he's old a, is he? he? He's four tours of duty, Marines. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's six boot camps. Yeah, Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> just give a lot of yeah. different. You know, it just doesn't make sense yeah. to me. I don't. I do. It, it, now I know this is something that's gone around like a, a while, but it's like. Did you ever have the math teacher that was like, you're not going to have a calculator on you all the time? Like, you're not going to have a calculator that you could just use all the time. It's like, ha, yeah. joke's on you. <laughs> we literally, not only that, but I have the power of the internet. I could literally ask Siri. <laughs> yeah. I can actually not punch in a number. I can literally just press, ask. I press a button and I ask the question. Just like how I'm supposed to come up here and ask you a question and you give me an answer. You help yeah. me find it. I could do the same thing with a phone, teach. Yeah. <laughs> like, like being a teacher, like a high school teacher nowadays, like, that would be like, if I, like, if I look back on it now, and like, if I wasn't like, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> What's the... Uh... Like, if, if I was a, in, in that scope and trying to teach kids, because I, I, 
maybe this makes me a bit of a boomer and probably the, the, you as well. Yeah. But like, I, I do think that you, you should at least have to comprehend and do things like long division and multiplication just so you get that. So grasp. you understand. You understand sure. kind of what's going on here. Sure. Um, but those teachers that told me I would never have a calculator on me at all times, full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> full of shit. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? I've got like a freaking scientific calculator on me at all yeah. times. If I was a teacher now, I would have to try. I, I would. Do you remember no, in high school, like, like comparing calculators? Like, yeah. oh, you got the T1 or the yeah. TI-83, TI-83. TI-83. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, man, I got the shit calculator. <laughs> like, I remember way back in the day. Got a graphing calculator? Yeah, we had graphs. The TI-83s. Yeah. And then the TI-84s came out and the eyes came out and shit, but. <laughs> and you could you could program games into them. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we had. A, I would like, just always like try to write boobies. Yeah, <laughs> I, we had a, a, a game programmed in that was called Go Pedro Go. Yeah. And it was uh, how it, you had to get across the border. Oh god! This is, this is back in like mid- this is a, someone who's from California. Yeah, so this, is like, like, this okay. is like this is like mid two thousands like California Bay Area type stuff. Um, and he, even going even more in that in in college, I would have to have like one of those you know big badass calculators. Yeah, yeah. Where, but at that point, so this is like the late two thousands. You could you could actually store quite a bit of data in there. Oh yeah. And I would I would write in full cheat sheets. Yeah. And I thought I was like the cool guy doing that. And it wasn't until I had a teacher that ki- that when you walked in for the calculator, you hand it to him, he goes, he'd clear it every time, clear it, walking in. Son of a. I got all the way to my second year of college before him. He's I'd have a, I'd have a duplicate calculator that would be stuff. like, you can take that one, sure, clear it. <laughs> and then the and backup. <laughs> I also had professors who were like, kind of, I don't want to say they would encourage cheating, but they're like, look, if you're going to cheat, here's the standards that you got to hear by. Yeah. And they would say you could have a cheat sheet, but you have to you you have to be able to fit it inside the cover of your calculator. I won't check. I can the cover. write really small. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't check the cover calculator. I'm going to clear it. And I'm, I'm going to check the cover calculator. Like if you can fit in the cover calculator, and I can't see it while you're in it, I ain't saying shit. Yeah, that's a good teacher. Yeah, I also had a teacher who would. This is for a uh, like an aviation class, who would uh, he'd have like end of the semester tests like 100 question plus tests true false yeah and his 50 50 shot so his was <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the best way like i tell you what there's two ways to get 100 percent of my class you can get all the questions wrong or you know the questions right either way i know what you're talking about <laughs> you think my questions are you think my questions are bad yeah go ahead get you want to you want to get an A plus on this? Get every question wrong. Here's the thing. Okay, when you get out of school, would you rather hire someone? Okay, let's say like you just I, I don't know what your job is, but you have to like calculate stuff. Okay, would you rather have a person that sits there and does like long division and <laughs> shit on like equations? But eventually gets it right, but it takes him like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Versus a guy that's just like, beep, boop, 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 done. Four seconds later, yeah. Who would you hire? The four second guy. As long as, long as he's <laughs> as long as he's like exactly like accurate as shit. <laughs> accurate as shit every time. Just like boom, busting it out. Yeah. And I'm gonna. <laughs> Those are the things they don't teach you in school. <laughs> Here's I, I'm, I'm I sure hope they do nowadays, but. Uh, Everything they should get. teach you how to like fluently use a calculator. 
Like right. hardcore. Like, you know what? Here, screw long division, okay? Screw long multiplication, whatever. You carry the friggin' two, whatever you want to do. Plug it in here, and this will tell you the right answer every time. <laughs> like, I feel like we develop a lot more smarter people that could just, like, kick ass on the calculator. I will tell you, almost, I'm not going to say all, but anything that was math-related for aviation stuff when I was in college was almost all just knowing what ratios are and applying units to things. Like, yeah. I know what this is compared to that. I know what this is compared to that. This 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 to that. I'm here, but I had to use these seven different ratios or known things to get to this final answer. Yeah, I think so. This is this is where I, this is why I bring this up. Okay, so if you take an iPhone with your calculator and you flip it sideways, bam. I have no idea what half these things are. Tan, cos, kosh, tan, rand. It's all that shit. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. You've got trig functions on there. What is this like? What is all these? What What does it do? Log 10? What the? Like, for real? No idea. But if in school I was taught all these, all these things, which I probably was, but I just didn't pay attention, or at least some of these. I wasn't in like a high-end math class. I was... You're going to sit there and tell me that you know all of them. I already know it. I won't, I, I've been tested <laughs> on them, and I knew what they were. Um, I couldn't tell you. I know Sakatoa, as far as trigonometry goes, but like everything else in there. Yeah. I don't know what you just said. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea Sa what you just said. Sa but, cosine tangent. Sakatoa. What the... <laughs> Is he even speaking English? If I were taught how to use all these functions, dude, I'd be a freaking mathematician. You think I'd you be, would? I would. Here's the thing, though. Dude, I'd be calculating everything. I'm, I'm interested in, 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 like, figuring stuff out. And I could, you know, if I knew all that stuff, I'd be, like, freaking doing, doing equations. I'd probably be a freaking scientist. I'd probably be working at NASA doing calculations Here's my calculator. Thing. I'm going to be real with everyone listening right now, <laughs> especially if you're trying to, if you're trying to gain knowledge as far as numbers or equations or anything goes, Microsoft Excel. <laughs> yeah. You've heard me preach it. If you want to learn stuff, there's tons of there's tons of free things to learn. There on is Microsoft a ton Excel. on there. Yeah, um, I've learned a lot from Excel. I will say, but if I was taught how to use all my buttons on my calculator in high school, mm -hmm. I'd be uh, I'd probably be uh, a lot smarter than I am today. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you right now, Taylor, I had to learn all those functions, and uh, I can't remember more than, like, probably 15, 20% of them. I bet you can probably, like, once you start playing with it, you'd probably Maybe. be like, oh, okay, I remember. Yeah. Me, I'm like, what the hell does that thing mean? <laughs> like, the, the, I'm trying to get a tan? What the hell is that? <laughs> so, in, in, in all the math that I took, the point that got me sitting there going, like, okay, now we're getting into the point where, like, I don't think I will ever use this. Yeah. Was when I got into derivatives. Derivatives is basically just working backwards and stuff. <laughs> okay. But but the thing is like I understand working backwards, but you start working backwards so far that you basically like X? Like, like find X? But work backwards? You're you're trying to find out like who who made the pencil look like who wrote X? X? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, just, you get so far back to these like root equations. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. I'm like Here's the equation. I don't need to know who wrote it. Like Yeah. 
Ma'am, I've got a motorcycle outside that can kill me in about four seconds. Can you just teach me what I need to know and give me some credit? Because I need yeah. to get the F out of here and start yeah. making some money. Okay? <laughs> uh, I, we need to move on because we're talking about math school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will end this. Math is a universal language. You're never going to hurt yourself by learning more math. But also there comes a point where no common sense yeah. takes over. Yeah. If you know the basics and you have a good frame of mind thinking about taking things apart, putting it, putting them back together, think about that when it comes down to a math equation or trying to figure out a whole big set of numbers. It's nuts and bolts, people. They're just numbers. Break them down, make them smaller, put them together. And that's why I became a mechanic. I love you. <laughs> okay. Next thing here. Okay. Bring it on. Bring it right. on. What do you miss most about old trucks? Mm. And what I mean by that is like there could be a style trend that went away or like is there something that you wish like the, the new trucks had that the old trucks didn't? Like what just – and I don't know. Maybe you're not even a huge fan of old trucks. But like I think you and I are kind of on the same page as like what we like and stuff like that. But like is there something that old trucks had – and I get like the new trucks have better, they have more power, they have more mm-hmm. creature sure. comforts, but like just something about the older trucks that just the new ones don't have now. So I have always been a old vehicle person. Like my my first car in high school, that's exactly where I'm going, Corey. That's exactly where I'm going. But my first car in high school, okay, this was in I graduated 2008, so like 2004, it's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my license when I was sophomore, I think. Is that the second year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my first car was a 1963 Ford Fairlane two-door post car with a 302, four-speed. What, what, there's something to be said, and I'm going to get kind of a little deep here, and it's going to might get a little weird, but... <laughs> But just the the connection between the the road, the vehicle, and the user mm-hmm. was much more in tune. Like it was much more a a coordinated effort, right? Mm-hmm. Versus nowadays, you've got all of these um, assisted driving, whether it be electronic assisted steering. Um, you know the power brakes. I mean, power brakes are nice, <laughs> um, but like those type of you know those type of things where nowadays they're making vehicles as quiet as possible on the inside, and to the point where you don't feel the road. Whereas I I truly like the one on one connection it comes to a vehicle to the road. You feel the road. You feel the you know how how it's steering. You feel the acceleration. You hear it. Uh, it's a it's a multi sensational. You smell it. I mean, it's all those sensations that that you you know would feel on an older vehicle that you don't on a newer one. It, it's almost like they're trying to disconnect you from the road and from the vehicle instead of being in control of this thing, you know, to 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 get yourself around or whatever. So, so that to me is like the 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 main thing I miss about old vehicles. Like, I just love the, I love that feel of you know the acceleration, the shitty braking, <laughs> the you know the, just just that whole experience of a, of a vehicle. Like, I've always grown up like, I remember when I was a kid, 
uh, you know, driving like a like my like my family, we didn't have like um like hot rods or anything like that. Like I I was like the first one in the family that ha- like had an old car. Uh, like my brother was, you know, getting a, you know, a newer Dodge truck and he, he did have an old Chevy for a little while. Um, which I just was ec- ecstatic about. I, I remember when we were looking at my brother, my brother brought this, like, um, uh, the square body Chevy. that was like, I don't even remember the tire size on like, but it was like probably a six to eight inch lift on this old Chevy truck with like these like super swampers on it, 15 inch wheels. Like the thing was like Coca-Cola Brown. Like, um, it was just a cool truck. And I remember when we went to look at that truck, um, like it wouldn't like the battery is dead or something. I can't remember exactly, but I remember, um, like, getting getting it started with my dad it was me my dad and my brother and i remember them getting it started and i remember when it fired up i sat i i was outside the truck and i was just like yeah just like to hear that v8 fire up and to feel it like it was just in your chest in your chest like it was just like yes like i i love that nowadays even if you're firing up like the only like the only rig that really got my my juices flowing like like that um, was like the the Hellcat Gladiator that we had because that thing was just nasty sounding. Thank you. And yeah. the one the one that should do it but doesn't for me right now. TRX. TRX. Yeah. I hear it. I'm it like, still does it a little bit, but it's 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 different from an old school classic car. It's yeah. just it's just a bunch of steel, a bunch of fuel, and just simple. I I I just I I like the simplicity and. And maybe that's why I like my new truck so much because it's like it doesn't have all those fancy creature comforts that a new truck has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does. I mean, it's got push button start. I've got a Bluetooth radio. I've got a backup camera. But as far as a new truck, it's pretty basic, um, which I enjoy because it kind of gives me a good um, for it being a new truck. I still kind of get a little bit of that feel with it, but. But in, but there's nothing that can compare to me to, like I'm still an old school hot rod person, like deep, like mm-hmm. that's that's what I absolutely love. That was my first love was classic cars. Like to this day, I still I still want to get um, you know a project vehicle that I can that I can kind of play with. Um, but just the whole experience of those old vehicles is just something. If you haven't, exp- which a lot of people haven't, but if you, it's just something something special. I think, mm-hmm. especially for a gearhead, I think it's um, something that any anybody that claims they're they're a gearhead will appreciate because that's, well, that's it's a, special. It's a bit of a rite of passage. Um, yeah, and it's also one of those things where, um, you know, call me crazy, but I've always liked the idea and the 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 sense of connecting with what. Our dads' dads or our dads, yeah, were the, taking, the, were taking the nostalgia of it, the, yeah. And because no matter where the automotive industry goes now, there there's only there's certain time periods that will never be able to be recreated. Yeah, the horsepower wars that'll never be able to be recreated. Never. There's while they are, well, they still kind of are. I mean, while they are point. sort of still happening now, it, it's the the initial part of that. Just that kind of stuff that the. the there's certain types of eras that just will never come around again. Yeah. And being able to tap into something like that. And it really is to me a connection with 
you know, maybe get a little deep and philosophical here, <laughs> but like, you know, who you were in your past life, or like yeah. I like to think of, I like to think of, you know, if, if I were to like, we, you talk about like I'm sure like you know getting into another two post or another postcard mm-hmm. would be like another something you like. For me right now, yeah, you know, I, I like four door four galaxies. Okay, I know it's kind of weird. It's not weird, but like for, for me, it's. I'm about to have my second kid. They're both still in car seats. I got to have a back seat that's able to hold them because something for me that's important for me is that if I want to go cruise, as much as I love to take my lady out and we go out and, you know, we got a hot car, it's fast, it's loud. Just say that you can get a two-door galaxy and the back seat is still giant. You just fold up that front seat, throw those babies in the back. Just saying. Just saying. It's still huge, but (laughs) I also, I also kind of like being... I want to say being different. I'm not trying to be like I was like, oh, I comb my hair to the right because if it goes to the left, yeah. or, you know, I have a two wheel drive because of it. it's like the the idea of uh, having just this big ass interior yeah. cab, yeah, and being able to have my kids in the back, my sweetheart in the front, a fast loud car, and the only part that I go back and forth on is power plant, yeah, and as. I think as I keep marinating on that type of project thing, I start leaning. I want to say like period, like it has to be numbers matching period. Correct. But like, would I LS swap it? Would I, you know, put a newer fuel injection system on it? Yeah. And part of me wants to go through the hurdles of having a carbureted. Yeah. Yeah. I want a manual first off. I don't care if it's a four door. You know, I still it's, want a manual. To me, it's the smell. I like the I like the smell mm-hmm. of like raw gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's it's a it's a it's a full you know, it's a it's a full like like my like my car, factory, no seatbelts. Gangster. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I have no seatbelts in that car. Like I remember getting pulled over and they didn't even ask me and I didn't have a seatbelt because there's no seatbelts in it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, like wow. That's like it's just. Even though like seatbelts nowadays are like not a like not really a big deal like mm-hmm. for most people, but like to have a vehicle that didn't have a seatbelt like from factory, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had one mirror comes with one mirror on the driver's side only. Yeah, no other side mirrors. <laughs> had a rear view, but um, it's just a simplicity of it that is just uh, is attractive. I, I feel like I want to, and this is the part where I go back and forth on as far as like having like EFI on yeah. something like that or going carbureted. I want, I, I part of me, the, the diehard man gearhead wants the satisfaction of, of properly tuning a, a, you know, a proper four barrel carb and feeling those secondaries kick on. Yeah. Just gets it, you know? Yeah. Feeling that or even doing a dual carb setup on it. I, I don't know. Just something crazy like that, right? Yeah. And I know I just said something crazy, and we're just talking about a carburetor. But, like, keep in mind, I'm 35. You're, like, 31. Yeah. Like, I hate to say it, but we grew up outside of the carburetor. Like, I know EFI, and I know spark plugs, and I know diesel way more. I know carburetors. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. But that... Oh, so do I. I didn't... I mean, okay. Um, but having the satisfaction of, like, learning something new and getting it tuned properly and just connecting like yeah. having that like with with my forefathers with my with my dad yeah. and my grandpa and stuff like that the other part of me is like if i were to put efi in there or ls swap it it's gonna start every time 
<laughs> I literally don't have to tune it because I put EFI on it's self-learning. Yeah. And I, I can, if I want to order parts for it and make power, I literally just got to go online and be like, I like this. Yeah. Because it's like literally cookie cutter crap. Yeah. But I'll tell you this though, no matter which way I go, whatever cam's in there, I'm like kissing valves. <laughs> Like some, it's got to be a shit hot it's cam. A nasty cam. I don't care if it's an inappropriate cam for the horsepower that I'm making. Doesn't this matter. thing's got a lope. It's got to be pissed off. It needs to damn near die at a stoplight. Yeah. Like this thing just has to be roached. Yeah. Um, and and I, the the thing that really kind of sparked that off for me, and okay, yes, I know people. We, this is a diesel podcast, and we're talking about you know classic car gas engine stuff, but we're all the same guy. We all know that. Okay. Yeah. Um. It was like a combination of a couple of things I'd seen kind of foment into one stoplight interaction. And I'm sitting there at a stoplight, and I think it was it was an old Chevelle or something like that. It was a, a good sounding, you know, it, I'm, it had mufflers on it. It was an automatic. Mm-hmm. Or a manual, but it was automatic. But the, and I'd been watching videos of four-door galaxies. I was on a four-door galaxy kick all weekend, so yeah, I was okay. watching it, something right, like that. Right. And the... I'm going to try and describe a sensation to our listeners here. You know, a a small block, you know, carburetor fuel. I'm going to go carburetor or something like that. But an old school small block car or engine that's like hopped up. There's a difference between something that has like exhaust and maybe someone's properly tuned the carb or bigger carb on it, um, intake manifold. And compared to someone who has like cam, big car, big intake manifold, like something that's actually like, yeah, it's rock. Yeah. And the only way I can describe it is the difference between when you're in a stoplight or something like that. And okay, yes, you're at a stoplight, it's idling, it's loud. I understand that. But when you go from, let's say you're at that stoplight and you just mat the pedal. <laughs> I'm dying, folks, if you didn't know that, but it gets me that excited, right? Ben, you need to get the vaccine. Listen, sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Put a mask on, Ben. Okay. Put a mask on. We're going to talk about, about diesel trucks. Okay. <laughs> Is that Martina? No, that's uh, Fauci. It's Fauci. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hear listen, Martina when you listen. That. I'm Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna get Ben the vaccine, and then we're gonna put a mask on and take it off, and then put it on, and then we're gonna take it off, and then we're gonna put it on, and then we're gonna take it off, <laughs> and then we're gonna give you sixty-nine booster shots. <laughs> yeah, but there is this, there is this difference that happens, and you know what I'm talking about. If you've been in an old school car that has a, a roided out engine, yeah. when you mat the pedal compared to like, huh, compared to the. Sitting there at idle, World War Three. Ah! Like yeah. just, <laughs> just, it just comes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that like, I, freaking nipples are hard thinking about. It, yeah, okay. The, yeah. the difference between having that old car, that old engine that's piping, it's bubbly, sounds like a boat almost, like sitting there idling, and you, and you can take off smoothly with it because you know how to drive it. But when it's time to roid it out, when it's yeah. time to get this thing flying, yeah, there is no. You don't mat it, and it doesn't climb up. You mat it. And it's freaking World War III happening right now. Shit's on. Like, as far as your ears are concerned, they're blown out from then until you let off. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I want to know that if I mat that pedal, she just comes unglued. Yeah. 
did some fall off? Did some break? No I idea. I yeah. want my wife to be like, shit! <laughs> like, like, we should have put like freaking ear protection on the kids. Like, yeah. I, I, that's I what you. I want. I feel you. That's what hey, I want. I, I dig that. I've never heard you talk like that before, and it's kind of kind of got me a little excited. Did I just get you going? <laughs> <laughs> a little, little man love happening right here. Easy. Check your pants, bro. <laughs> In order for me to get unexcited, I'm going to talk like Fauci for the rest of the podcast. Okay. But that that's so that's my standard for, for a classic car, what I expect out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I dig that. And just that. that Idle pop 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 pop. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. I I see my. I I I want it. Because I remember the first time I felt that when I was a kid, and I'll never forget it. I'm gonna paint a picture again for you guys right now. Uh, I grew up East Bay, California. A place called Alameda. If you know about it, you know about what I'm talking about. We're basically right next to Oakland in the San Francisco Bay. Um, I lived next door to a guy named Johnny. Johnny was a, uh, a union guy, like iron worker, day one, like straight up, bought a house cash, like that type of guy. Yeah. Um, retired, used to be able to hear him sing, you know, Secret Agent Man, drunk in his living room. <laughs> you know, he just he, he was a laborer till the day he died, and he died. Yeah. Um, but he had a 55 Bel Air, two door, and on the back, in chrome letters above the license plate, it says, try me. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and when I first rode in this thing, it still had a, like a, and this, I'm going off of like really old memories here. Yeah. Okay? Um, it, it was, it was definitely knowing what I know now is it was a dual carb high rise, uh, intake manifold on it. It was, it was still a small block though. Didn't have yeah. a block in it. Um, and when, and he took it, he took me and my dad off a ride in it, no seat belts, velvet interior, black yeah. paint, chrome trim on everything, th- like 15 inch Kragers all the way around. Yeah. Um, and that thing was still like it, f- like when I, me in the back seat on the, on, on the spring yeah. seat, you know, like, oh, yeah. and my dad's in the front with Johnny, just like, yeah, let's go. Like yeah. and I'm in the back, like, ah, <laughs> it's the best day of my life. Hell yeah. And it's loud as shit. Right. Um, so Johnny retired, and as a retirement present to himself, he sent the beller off and put a 572 in it. Okay. Okay. He's partying. This is my first introduction to, like, I at that point, the only time I'd heard anything above, like, a, I knew I knew what 350 was. I knew what 427 was, and I knew 396. I knew 454. Yeah. Someone said 572, and I was like, beep, out, boop, does not comprehend. Like, do you mean, like, like, oh, like. And I remember asking my dad, like, oh, you mean like a like a 350, but it's a 572? And my dad's like, yeah. I'm like, that's big. And my dad's like, yeah. Yeah. You ready? gangster. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we went out once he got it back. And I about shit myself. Yeah. I was probably a, uh, I was probably 12, 13 years old at that point. Um, but that was my first... And I remember feeling difference because, like, our houses were relatively close to each other, and his driveway was next to our kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I just got the weirdest feeling in my life. Like, you get that shiver. Yeah. You, when he started that thing, I remember the difference between when he had that, like, roided out 350. Yeah. You know, it would you could hear it and it vibrate the house. And when he had that 572. It, it would 
resonate. Felt like the side yeah. of the fucking house was caving in. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. I just. Johnny started the 55. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it just and if you know what I'm talking about, you know that feeling right yeah. now. Oh, like yeah. it just it, it gives me still gives me shivers to this day. Like, like literally 20 years later. Yeah. I can still remember that feeling. Like eating cinnamon toast crunch. Feel like a 40 foot tall Mike Tyson was just punching the side of my house. Like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, it's like it's badass. Like, Dad, that's different. Yeah, it's a big block. That's different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> and you take it on just and this may be a referendum on on labor guys, iron workers, or whatever. But like union guys, labor guys, you know, it's they, you're basically 25 for the rest of your life until you're not. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he was that same guy. We, yeah, we'd take it out to a road, watch us break. <laughs> Yeah, to stand on it, and yeah. my dad's like arm up on the post, like yeah, Johnny, and I'm in the back, just like, is this supposed to be happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again, still same velvet interior, no seat belts, yeah, no stereo. We don't need that shit. No, can't hear it seventy two in this. Who cares? Yeah, but okay, yeah, that's my nostalgic gasser. Yeah, oh, so old cars always going to be cool, always. If you're a diesel guy and you have don't a spot in my heart, always, yeah, and yeah. you don't like old cars. You can go ahead and unsubscribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel comfortable saying that. We don't yeah. want you around here. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Wow, those are marsh words. <laughs> I'll sip a beer on that one. <laughs> Me too, if I had any. Ooh. All right, what's next? I, we kind of nailed just about everything, but I'll be honest. This us spouting off stuff, we could talk for hours on this. Oh yeah. I've got so many stories. My first my first real ride in a kind of a hot rod. Hot rotted out car was uh, uh, my friend's uncle had a uh, I don't remember the exact year, but it was a wagon. It was like a Bel Air wagon mm-hmm. with a big block. It had a four fifty four in it, um, and I remember going out in that and 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 just feeling the power of that. Kind of the same thing. It wasn't as it wasn't like a built like I guess it might have been built a little bit, but it wasn't like like a crate five seventy two or anything like that. But my most my, one of my my fondest memories of of old school cars, short of my own, uh, was um, again my buddy's uncle, uh, which I actually just did install. I've done a couple installs on his truck. I did a leveling kit and I did a, a Pulsar tuner on his LMM. Mm. I, I mean, he still has um, a few of his cars. Uh, one of them that is in the story. But there's a car show up in uh, um, Sandpoint. Called Lost in the Fifties Car Show. I've heard about. I want which to is go. An awesome car show. When, um, when is the next one? You and I should go. Um, I don't remember exactly when it is. I can't tell you how many girls' weekends my wife has had, and I don't yeah, say shit. It'd be fun to go to that. It's an awesome car show. Yeah. Anyways, he had two of his cars in that show. One, I don't. I think it was a 1969 GTO Judge mm. Carousel Red factory mat. Like everything was numbers matching. Um, I can't, I can't remember the engine they put in there. I think it was like a 400. I can't remember what Pontiac did in the, in, in, in I was, I was Chris, never you know? good on the Mopar side. No, not Mopar. Pontiac. Pontiac. GTO. Okay. So it's GM, but they had yeah, like yeah. a 400, I think is what they had in there. Um, maybe 69. I gotta look. Wait, what, what vehicle did you say it was? GTO. Pontiac. 1969. 
FTO. I'm a little embarrassed judge. I said Mopar on that. For some reason, I was thinking Challenger when you said that. I'm an idiot. It was literally this exact car. Carousel red, colors and everything. Mm. I love the, the judge, grill on that, the split Ram grill. Air. Um, but what's the engine? Anyways, it was it was it was one of it was it was that car that he had just built. Yeah, four hundred. It was a four hundred cubic cubic inch, three hundred sixty six horsepower Ram Air three. Mm-hmm. So it had a button, it had a pull tab in inside the dash that would open up the Ram Air. It had the hood tack, all the yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers matching car, beautiful car. Mm-hmm. He also had what he called the uh, he called it the Black Bastard, I mm-hmm. believe is what he called it, which was a '67 Chevelle. Four speed, four twenty seven GM. This thing was nasty, like nasty, like that's why he called it the Black Bastard. It was mm-hmm. just a, it was a nice car, super nice car. It wasn't a numbers matching car, but it had a GM four twenty seven. Which if anybody knows about GM four twenty sevens, are like the bad boy classic engine, mm-hmm. short of like a four fifty four that's built or um, something like that. But I remember, I I believe I was in, it was a. Me, my buddy's brother, and his dad in the Chevelle, and his uncle and, I, and his wife, and I think my buddy was in that car. I can't remember exactly who was in the car, so whatever. Mm. But I remember us pulling up to where, you know, where the Maverick is now on Newport Highway, kind of yeah, yeah, by cattails, yeah, yeah. that light. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were driving back from Lost in the 50s, and he looked over. And we were right next to each other, and we both just lit them up. And like that, like two cars going at it, like classics, that same, you know, mm-hmm. genre. It was just, it was just something that is, is stuck with me forever. And I just, from that point on, like I, I didn't even have my 63 yet, but I was like determined, like when, when my parents, when my dad asked me, because obviously like my parent, my parents helped me with my first car, which is most parents, I think, do. Um, but they were like showing me like cars to like get. And I was like, I want any of those. Yeah. I want a classic. Like, and and for some reason I nailed down like the car that I've always wanted was a 19, I wanted a 1964 Ford Fairlane post, uh, with like, with a small block. I mean, a lot of them came with like an inline six or something like that, but Mm. because my absolute favorite car ever made is a 1964 Ford Fairlane Thunderbolt, like the factory race car. Mm -hmm. They only made a hundred of them. They're super rare. Uh, but I, d- I mean, that's yeah. the Ford 427. Uh, like that's what, I, that was my dream car to have. Mm-hmm. And so I found a 1963 from a kid in school in my English class. He's like, I've got a 1963 Ford Fairlane two door post that's just sitting that I'll sell you. Yeah. And I told my dad and we met at the Ram Inn in uh, like kind of like North of Deer Park on highway two. Mm-hmm. and saw this car, and we bought it. And I remember driving back with my dad in the passenger seat. My dad's driving it. It's four-speed, 302. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is my car. This like is I it. Finally, I got my classic car. And I remember driving into high school. Um, like, there was only one other kid in high school that had, like, a classic car, and his name is Max. And he had, a, he had an Impala. And I can't remember the exact year it was. Um, but I would always park next to him. Yeah. Like it was just me and him and like, we weren't even like super close friends or anything, but it was just like another kid that had a classic car. I, I could not have been happier 
Like, it's so funny. I look back at now and I was like, frick, I probably looked at like somewhere like a weird kid because I was like, everybody's having like getting like Jeeps and, you know, like modern like forerunners and, you know, modern vehicles. And here's me with my 1963. Like this thing's older than my parents. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'm cruising in. Like had a factory radio delete. No stereo. No nothing. Had like nothing. No power, nothing. No seatbelts. Four speed. Just... I just, I just love that. And Cheers I, to your dad for putting you in that. Well, honestly, it was probably safer than most vehicles. The thing was all steel. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I mean, yeah, it was a unibody car, but it was, I mean, it, like if I hit something, like I'm not missing, I'm, I'm going to be fine. We die like men. Yeah, we die like men around yeah. here. But yeah, I just, I remember just like even before I had my license, because my dad started building like a pole building shop. And I, I remember just going out there and just firing it up and just revving the shit out of it. I'm just like, this is, I'm going to build this car. And through my infinite wisdom and me selling things, I ended up selling it, which I regret to this day, but is what it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's just uh, there's something that will always attract me to an older vehicle, whether it be a 12 valve Cummins, like kind of the 12 valve is like, that's, I kind of gravitated to just because it was kind of that similar sort of mechanical, basic um, you know, sort of vehicle and, and getting into like the race truck that we had here, the 12 valve, like it, it definitely, um, was up there with me for like a classic car. Cause it mm-hmm. gave me that same sort of feel that, you know, with the pump that was on it, the thing that had a low idle, like it was, you know, firing on only well, three when, cylinders. When you think about it, it almost kind of works hand in hand with where your mind was at with a Thunderbolt. Yeah. Hit me on this theory real quick. So we've got mechanical diesel, First part of the Dodge, you know, Dodge mechanical is a VE pump, has its shortcomings, peaked mechanical pump wise with the the P pump on there. Yeah, you start looking at what what you were hot for a Thunderbolt. You know, I'm not going to say that was the peak of the like horsepower wars, like carbureted horsepower wars, mechanical. Well, they stuff. they called them the Hemi eater back in the right. day in the '60s. But this is not like the first yeah. generation of trying to make you know normal yeah. cars fast. Yeah. You know, this is the, the, I would say, like, almost the second generation of making normal cars fast. And now we've got a P-pump. It's almost like the second iteration of a mechanical diesel engine. Yeah, that actually can make power. Which is way more susceptible to power than the older stuff was. Yeah, yeah. It was their second try. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, which I I would always be, um, which is kind of cool that I could carry over my love of classics into diesel and and I still love and enjoy and honestly wish I had a mechanical you know P pump twelve valve truck, mm-hmm. or at least just an engine to be able to put in something, um, just because it's it, it's the closest thing that can I guess bridge between a classic hot rod V eight to a diesel that's like the hot rod diesel. It's kind of known as like the hot rod diesel, yeah. you know, yeah. at least. So yeah, it's just uh, you know all this talk. I'm, I'm driving the blue truck this weekend. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, cool. I'll be honest. The blue truck doesn't, I mean, with, I got a pregnant wife and a, and a four-year-old, you know, yeah. most of my time right now and more time in the future is going to be family-friendly vehicle, which I understand. But uh, part of the reason that I do have the blue truck and one of the reasons I do keep it around is because it, it scratches that itch. Scratches that itch, yeah. You know, and and even though it's on, you know, the clutch is on slash last leg, still being able to, you know, Nail some gears. Absolutely. Put a little smoke out there. Feel, yeah. You know, 
feeling your balls or you get moving. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's saving me from any sort of project or anything like that is, is my side by side. Cause I know I can put money into that and do like cool things with that. So mm-hmm. kind of, that kind of scratches my itch for like modifying things, but it's still, there's always going to be that part of me that's just hanging out back there. Just as like, Hey, like the other day, Jesse came into my office. He found a 64 Ford Fairlane for like 2,500 bucks. And I was like, man, I'm like in like probably two years, I'll be able to buy that. Cause Cassie even told me, she's like, as soon as you get a shop, you can get a project car. So I'm like, okay, got to get that first, but then you I can get what? a project. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I think you and I are on almost the same schedule Yeah. for a classic car. Yeah. Uh, I'd say I'm like two to four years out for a classic car. Probably Obviously, me too. I got to have room for it. Yeah. Um, but I'm about two to four years out from a a classic car that I want to kind of do that kind of stuff with. And who yeah. knows? Maybe this podcast changes by then. I don't. I don't know. But you know, motorheads are motorheads no matter what. And we didn't all start with just diesel. Most right. of us probably started with something else, and we ended up here. Yeah. But uh, I think I think that could be kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Hey, I'm down with galaxies. I think galaxies are cool. That I'd honestly look dope. at two door myself, but. Well, that's just me. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it'll come to a point of Ford or Galaxy is a big car. It was a big old, I like big, a big girl. I like a big girl. <laughs> like a big girl. girl. Yeah, she's a dirty girl. Yeah, you can like, get a Ford or Fairlane, which is a smaller, still four door, but but you know, hey, Galaxies are cool. I like Galaxies. I got no problems with that. For for me, the biggest thing is I gotta have a manual. Yeah, I, I have this picture in my head of. Being in you know the loud car with both my kids in the back seat, and at that point Ricky will be maybe seven, yeah, eight or something like that. My little girl is going to be about four or five. Yeah, I want them to have the image from the back seat of my bride in the passenger seat. Yeah, a loud car running around in the back. <laughs> yeah, a, a loud car and dad. You know, loud noises and seeing dad shifting gears. Yeah. Womp, 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 and clutching down, shifting. Yeah. I want them to see, you know, I want them to to know that because where my kids are going to be at age-wise once they get to an appropriate age to start driving vehicles or whatnot, and as we get older, things are changing. Yeah. That, That... that may be the only time they see someone driving a, a car with no electronics on it. Right. And and that's out of almost out of my age range. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's scary to think about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. That, that that's almost like a whole other mind bend for another episode. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, folks, we're gonna about to wrap this one up. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this style format. If you have, please let us know. Like yeah. real talk. This uh we're always evolving, always trying to learn more, always trying to figure out what suits the masses the best. If you like this format, let us know. If you didn't like it, let us know. Yeah. If you have a suggestion, let us know, man. Like we're we're here for you guys. I like talking. I like hanging out with Tyler. I like drinking good barley juice. I like Corey hanging out. And just I like doing this. Yeah. So Me too. If you liked it, let us know. If you have questions, if you this episode kind of bounced all over the place. We're talking about offsets in the beginning here, and how I have my mind blown. <laughs> and we're talking about classic cars at the end. Um, I'll tell you what: for a diesel podcast, there was about three percent diesel in there, but uh, 
It all ties together. It It all ties together. Motorheads are motorheads, and uh, if you've been tuning in every week, you you understand that, and you realize that, uh, in my opinion, um, the group that we have listening to this on a regular basis, we're more than just diesel guys. We're good freaking Americans and and just motorheads in general. Absolutely. That being said, folks, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and check us out at dieselpowerproducts.com.